Welcome to the Black Moose First Podcast. I'm your host, Alton Jamison. I've made the journey from having an incarcerated father to becoming an engineer to transitioning to a professional speaker and author. And now I am the founder and chief chess player of Black Moose First. Black Moose First is a company that offers chess boards and accessories, apparel and personal development products that empower people like you to change the world one move at a time. In the game of chess, white pieces always move first, which is an advantage, and the black pieces move second, which is a disadvantage. Black moves first is more than an oxymoron in chess. Instead, it calls for people to strive for success, even when the odds are against you. To strive for success, even when you may not have the advantages of others. Our motto is, changing the world one move at a time. This podcast explores the stories of how people have overcome adversity to make their own moves and change their own world, whether in the game of chess or in the game of life. First and foremost, I wanted to say I'm honored to have you uh, on our show. You know, Black Moves First, we started about a year ago with the, the initial intent to just get more minorities to play chess, but our slogan or motto is to help people change the world one move at a time. So we just encourage people to make a difference in that world. And of course, I mean, you've made a tremendous impact literally in the world. So thank you again. And we're honored to have you on our show. Um, I had a chance to, uh, you know, everybody knows you, uh, you know, Olympic medalist, superstar, all of the above. Been, I guess, in this game since you were six years old. I had an opportunity to read your op-ed for the Washington Post, I believe. And, one of the things I really wanted to dive right into that really kind of broke my heart, and it was a quote, and it says, I remember walking on eggshells, feeling as if I was always letting someone down. My bowed legs or bold legs were a deduction. My flat feet were a deduction. I felt myself as if I were a deduction. Tell me about that statement, because that when I read that last night, I was showing my wife, and I was like, man, that is... It's like red flags went off and I'm not even a counselor. Tell me about uh, that, that statement. Yeah, I think the thing is, is the fans loved Dominique Dodds. They loved a lot about me. However, the sport did not embrace me right away. The federation, the coaches in the sport, I was not the body type that they were looking for. And if you look at gymnastics magazines back in the day, um, telling us how our routines should be done, the body type was not my body type. So my legs didn't go completely together. My feet didn't point the way that my counterparts feet would point. And after a while, you start feeling as if you really don't fit in and you're not going to be fully embraced. And I would always hear about how I needed to make these corrections or these changes, but this was how I was born. And then also being a, a young African-American in the sport of gymnastics, that in itself made me stand out a little bit more as well. But I heard it throughout my whole childhood about my legs and my feet and just everything about me wasn't what the sport was embracing. However, when I would go to competitions, the fans loved me. I would have the loudest applause, the loudest cheers, and even get standing ovations after a number of my different performances. So it was between the sport not feeling as if I was what they were looking for. And then there's the fans that were embracing me. And that's what I love about the sport today is that the athletic body type and the new scoring system allows the athletes such as Simone Biles to dominate as she dominates because 
there is no limit to her. Back in the day, I was capped at a 10-0. So I could do routines that could have been worth the 10.4, but it made no sense to take that risk because I was capped at a 10-0. Today, she can really push the level of difficulty and be rewarded for it. Wow. That's incredible. You know, as I was reading, I remember, you know, back in the day, I'm, you know, I'm 43 myself. So I felt like we, you know, we grew up watching Dominique say, yeah, I had no interest. And everybody's like, man, you see the girl, you know, in the gymnastics team. And I, I felt like it, it built a culture around it. And I know in your ad, you talked about how you literally came back in 2000 for the fans. And so we definitely, yeah. I definitely understand. And reading, even as I read about your, your academy now, and how you even address the issues that, you know, you you want kids to leave sweating and smiling and not, you know, essentially not crying and hurting. Yeah. The other day we had a kid cry and I was like, this is not what we're building. But he was crying because he didn't want to leave the gym space because he was having so much fun. So if you're going to see tears here, it's because it's tears of joy, tears of building new friends and excitement. Um, at the Dominic Dawes Gymnastics Academy, it's all about creating a healthy culture to empower kids to lift them up, to help them dream, to help them build new friendships. It's about developing the whole child psychologically, mentally, physically, socially, so that they're happy and healthy and whole young kids that grow up to be happy and healthy, whole adults in life. And that's my drive. When I competed in my final Olympic games, I was done with the sport and I distanced myself from the sport. And I did a great deal of motivational speaking, which I continue to do today. And I love it. And whenever I was on the circuit, people that would ask me if I had children would I have them, would I put them in the sport of gymnastics? And I would always say, absolutely not. While the sport teaches you amazing fundamentals, I just know from my experience, the culture that I was in was very detrimental to my mental, as well as my emotional and even my physical health. And I did not want future children of mine to go through what I went through. And that's why we started this academy. My husband and I are here quite a bit and my four kids, they love it. They built, built new friends. And you've just seen, we've just seen their confidence soar, which is a beautiful thing. Wow, that's that's incredible. I know we see now this issue with Simone. And of course, you know, when everything first started happening, everybody had an opinion, right? Yes. You know, e even people who couldn't make the middle school football team had an opinion. <laughs> and, yeah. and, but when I read your ad, I think one of the comments, I think somebody posted on Instagram to me was the best comment ever. They said, all right. If Dominique says leave Simone alone, we all leave her alone. And I yeah. thought that was to me that captivated everything. How do you relate to Simone and what do you say to the critics, should I say, of Simone? You know, it's just interesting the number of similarities that Simone and I have in our lives. And that's where I feel as if I could relate in some capacity to the pressure. I could relate in some capacity to an abusive environment. Um, I could relate to some capacity of just feeling that weight of the world on her shoulders. I have said this in many interviews that people shouldn't judge Simone until they walked in her shoes. And like you said, there's a number of people that want to put in their two cents that maybe they themselves have not made it on a JV team or they themselves can't put a leotard on or whatever it is. But the thing is, is you really need to look at her as the young woman that she is. She is someone's daughter. She is someone's granddaughter. She is someone's sister. And you need to have some compassion. There is no way that this young girl has dedicated her whole childhood to then qualify to her second Olympic Games to then just choose to bow out with a, without a very good reason. She clearly was that distressed. Um, being spatially disoriented in the air when she was twisting, that she was very concerned 
her mental as well as her physical health. And I love the fact that Simone at 24 years old could hear her inner voice and she listened to it, no matter what the critics are saying, no matter even what her coaches were telling her, even Jordan Child stepped in and she said, I told Simone she could do it. She's going to be fine. Even her teammates, her friends, people that love her, you know, they gave their opinion, but yet Simone listened to herself. She knows herself better than anyone. And what she didn't want to do is jeopardize her overall health. And I applaud that. I think that's very important because I came from a culture where my inner voice was muted. I knew I didn't want to do something. And when I would speak out, it always fell on deaf ears. And I was then programmed to do something that I didn't want to do, which is what I brought up in the Washington Post piece. I wanted to quit. And, you know, we're trained at a young age that quitters, you know, winners never quit and quitters never win. And it's like drilled in your head. But it doesn't take into consideration where you maybe do need a timeout. You do need to stop. You do need to step back and put your own well-being first. And Simone did that. And I really do think it's going to help change the culture of the sport of gymnastics, which is very much needed. I noticed that in the op-ed, you mentioned how, I think you were talking about Atlanta, how you were, I, I don't know, backstage would be the right term, oh. but you were in tears and praying. And, you know, when I read this stuff, I had, you know, you have no idea, right? So you you see, are oh, these are the best of the best and, you know, suck it up and, oh, I can't believe they got silver or whatever the case, you know, <laughs> we're so critical. And then when I, when I read it from that perspective, and then how you talk about how so much of your childhood is sacrificed, how you're berated from, you know, before the sun rises to sunset. And I guess the last question I have for you, and I know we're about to wrap up, is how over the years, how have you been successfully able to, I guess, get your mental in a great space and just transition to a new life outside of gymnastics? Yes, well, taking myself back to looking at those blue curtains right before marching out in the Georgia Dome for the team competition, um, it was a very heart-wrenching time for me where I did feel the weight of the world on my shoulders, knowing that I needed to be at the top of my game for my team to make history. Of course, I had six other amazing teammates, and I couldn't do it alone. However, my scores really needed to be the best that they could be for us to make history, and I just felt that and dropped to my knees, as you mentioned had a bit of an emotional breakdown. My teammate reminded me that I had done this before. I'm like, that doesn't make it easier, you know, whatsoever, because this was my second Olympic Games. But I stood up having a little bit of that weight taken off my shoulders and recognizing that I wasn't doing it alone, that, you know, Christ was always with me and leading me through the, the good times and also picking me up through those tough times. And, you know, that all came back to me when I watched Simone and listened to her interviews. Like, I'm like, oh, that was a really tough time for me um, back then. And so, um, you know, I just think we need to learn to be able to persevere um, through those tough times and just recognize that we're not alone. I know what helped me through was truly my faith and recognizing that he has been with me every step of the way. It's almost like that, uh, that image footprints in the sand, you know, where many times you just see his and he's been carrying me along the way. And that's what's helped me heal. Olympic champion, Dominique, thank you so much for your time. Allow me to just chat with you for a few minutes. Continue to just speak and be a voice for people like Simone and others. And I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you again for your time today. And remember to subscribe to our podcast, rate our show and share with others. You can also view us on the web at www.blackmovesfirst.com. 
My final charge to you is, what move will you make today to change your world? Stay positive, and I am your host, Alton Jamison.